If you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with Forward. Forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. It's no secret that writing can be lonely work, but does it really have to be? Whether you're full-time, part-time, or just starting out, you'll get insights into the tricks, tips, and production habits of writers from every level of the biz. From best-selling authors to those launching their first novels, you're sure to be in the company of friends as we encourage great writers to divulge and share their secrets. This is the Great Writer Share Podcast with your host, best-selling author, Daniel Wilcox. Hello and welcome to the Great Writer Share podcast with me, Daniel Wilcox, where every week I hijack an hour or so of time from some of the kindest and hardest working writers around today to join me on the show and discuss everything that makes them tick, roar and bounce. Today's day is the 3rd of August and if you can hear squeaking at the beginning part of this intro, it's because my chair has decided that it just wants to make lots of noise and be heard and I am currently looking to a new chair. So that's <laughs> that's my big news for this week. What a way to start. Uh, let's go straight into my personal update and uh, in fiction news, When Winter Comes officially launched last week. Um, obviously you guys who got the podcast on the Friday heard me say that it was already gone live but this is the first time I've actually had a chance to sit down and look how the first three books are going. Um, and I am, I'm pleasantly surprised. They're, they're constantly growing, slowly but surely. Um, they're going in the right kind of direction. And in terms of experimentation and what I was trying to achieve with the... I mean, obviously the series isn't... I say obviously. The series isn't done yet. So the first three episodes are out. I reckon this is going to be a six to seven episode uh, series. Uh, but so far, people are reading through. If they've gone into book one about 40 to 50% are jumping into book two, which is quite a good conversion rate for episode one, I'd say. Um, and then people are jumping into episode three now, and I'm starting to see the rise in page reads as people go from one book to the next. I did also run a promotion on book one when episode three came out, in which I my whole aim for that was just to get eyeballs onto the series, just to start really funneling people in and getting them involved. Um, and... Again, I, I moved a buttload of copies, I think close to a thousand copies uh, on that day. It was free, but like I say, I had an intention of driving eyeballs to the, the product. So I'm, I'm happy with how it's going so far. I set up the pre-order for book four to go live on the 2nd of September. So that gives me a bit more breathing room between episodes, but obviously not so much. Um, it's still a 20,000 word book that you know I've just literally started uh, today. So I've got a bit of work to do on that to get that into shape. And then I'll be on the good and on the go. In non-fiction news, uh, productivity is basically in stasis. I've had a bit of a, a crazy seven days. Um, it's still percolating, it's still an idea. I just need to find time to sit down and get to it, um, which links me nicely into uh, kind of on the non-fiction line, but also more just in author business. Tomorrow will be the first day that myself and Sasha Black, who is my co-host of the Next Level Author Podcast, sit down face to face, meet each other in person. Uh, Sasha's coming to my house and we're going to have a strategy day for our author businesses, which I'm really, really excited for. I think, I don't, I don't know what it is. I, I, I used to hate this kind of stuff. I used to hate the planning. I used to hate, um, you know, sitting down and talking corporate and all that kind of BS. Um, particularly when I was in management or middle management in, in my former job. 
But I found that particularly when it pertains to my own author business, having a plan to move ahead is literally the, the only way you can you can you can move forward. And having a chance to sit down with a fellow author who's also trying to achieve big things, uh, I think we're very very similarly minded, even if we've got slightly different directions of what we want to do. Um, it's it's exciting, and I'm very very uh, intrigued to see what will come out of the end of those sessions. Coming for the full day, we're gonna plan different bits we're going to record the podcast episode live and in person which is also very exciting because that's something i haven't done before um tell a lie no i did i did one back in 2017 with luke live at a comic-con which was fun um but it's been a long time since i've done that but yeah so that's uh that's hopefully after tomorrow i'm going to have a crystal clear vision on what's going to happen in the next six months to potentially five years scary but also very very exciting um, and also just one final update is that today I also sent out the official first newsletter mailer for Devil's Rock Publishing, which is exciting because I've not really advertised a mailing list and I've already got a handful of people who are looking on the website, getting involved. And it's a resource that I'm definitely aiming to build for not only horror readers, but horror writers as well. So there'll be lots of good stuff in the monthly newsletters where it will announce upcoming submissions, different resources people can use um, and just try and bring the whole horror community together. So that was fun. Um, very, very exciting for me. Today's guests are Jeff Adams and Will Knaus, authors of Gay Romance Fiction and hosts of the Big Gay Author and Big Gay Fiction podcasts. Uh, I first came across their podcast when uh, Sasha sent me one of the episodes where they did a shout out to the Next Level Author podcast. Um, and straight away, I was enchanted by by the guys. They're wonderful people. They've got such a fun dynamic. Um, I've listened to a few episodes of their podcast. I've been a guest on their podcast now. Uh, and obviously, they're now appearing on here. So it's exciting to bring that around in full circle. And we, we dive into a lot of really, really cool topics today. So uh, we go into um, how they keep the passion for their podcast alive after over 200 episodes of the Big Gay Fiction podcast. We talk about their experiences in collaborating on novels together, which is always a fun dynamic to try and find out how uh, not just writing partners, but, you know, romantic partners as well actually collaborate on the book. And it's quite an interesting story that I'll, I'll let them tell when it comes up part of the interview. And we also go into uh, how to get started writing gay romance fiction. So the guys give a bit of a grounding on what it takes to uh, sow your seeds in that in that genre and really start to make an impact. In Patreon news, we got a brand new patron this week. So a big thank you to Joe, who came in and uh, is getting involved in the Slack community, getting all of the episodes early, ad-free, all that kind of good stuff. Um, it's exciting because that, that that community is, is constantly growing each week. And I... As I've said before, and as I'll tease again, because I'm, you know, I haven't yet teased it. Um, episode 50 is going to bring with it a big push in terms of what you can get out of the Patreon community. So there's going to be uh, a lot more bonuses, a lot more rewards. Um, and I'm going to keep that close to my chest because that's going to be a fun episode to air. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to get involved in the Patreon community, it's all there for writers who are looking just to help each other, just to, you know, a, a rising tide raises all ships and all that good stuff. And you can get involved over at www.patreon.com forward slash great writer share and get involved for as little as $1 a month. And now, without any further ado, we'll dive into the interview with the two and only Jeff Adams and Will Knaus. Jeff Adams and Will Knaus are both writers of gay romance fiction, as well as the hosts of both the Big Gay Fiction podcast, a podcast aimed at sharing the love for gay romance fiction, and the Big Gay Author podcast, in which they document their journey to full-time writerdom, interviewing successful indies along the way. Jeff and Will are a powerhouse couple in both business and life, residing in Northern California after more than 20 years of marriage. Jeff and Will, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Yeah, this is going to be fun. Can't wait. 
Yeah, I'm excited to have you guys. It's, it's rare that I actually have pairs of people come on board, normally because with Zoom restrictions and everything else, it's a, it's a nightmare to navigate. But obviously, when you live together and you have a life together, it makes it a lot easier on my end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just stand in the front of the same mic and the same, same camera, and here we are. <laughs> just so, so easy here. Um, so let's, let's dive straight into, can you give my audience a little bit of background about how you two both got into the writing game? Oh, wow. Um, let's see. I've kind of written um, for a long time. Like some of my, I had a short story published in my eighth grade literary journal. <laughs> oh, fair. <laughs> I was always the geeky kid who loved to write the term papers, like doing the research and organizing the stuff and writing the papers. I was into that. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard because I was the exact opposite. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually studied journalism in college and was a journalist for a number of years. Um, so there's always been writing there. It took some creative writing in college, started a literary magazine with a college friend that he still runs like some 20 years later. Wow. Um, but I took the turn into gay romance and writing more seriously uh, because of Will. Uh, he got me into those stories and into those books. And I just, I, I started with a few short stories. I'm like, I really like this. And then with my second novel and that book co- co- uh, came out at the same time that Joanna Penn had put out uh, all, the, all, the author entrepreneur book that she did, which I'm totally blanking on the name of right now. Sorry, Joanna. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That pivoted it to me to this doesn't have to just be a hobby. It can be a business. And here's kind of ideas on how even if I'm not making the income behind it, I could still think of it that way and plan it that way and organize it that way. And I've not looked back from that. Amazing. How about you? That was my long story. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The shorter version is, is that like Jeff, when I was younger, I had like little short stories or poems published in like the school newspaper or what have you. But um, unlike some other people who've like known their entire life, I was born to be a writer. I was never, ever one of those people. Um, I was always interested in creativity and storytelling. Um, So that kind of manifested in like writing stories or I drew a lot as a kid or I was the uh, the annoying boy on the block who put on plays for everyone to come and watch. <laughs> I did that uh, in high school. I did drama and all that other stuff. Um, uh, community theater is actually how Jeff and I ended up meeting. Amazing. Getting to know one another. And um, as to how it sort of took a more professional turn, um, I, got jo- I got fired from a job at a wax museum. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, okay. <laughs> I, I decided to take that time and say, I turned to Jeff and it's like, you know what? I want to give this writing thing a try. So that's what I've been doing for a couple of years now. And how long ago was it when you first said, I'm going to give this a, a real try and, and go for it? Unfortunately, that was 20 years ago. I've been trying <laughs> for a really long time. So... I mean, 20 years is obviously, you know, a fair, fair amount of time to be battling at the writing game to keep it going. And for, for a lot of people, it's, it's difficult to keep that passion ignited and to keep it alive. And one of the things I love to unpick on, on this show is what, what do you think it is about writing, about storytelling that, that keeps you guys pushing? I mean, obviously, you're putting all the wheels in motion now to make this happen. You've got a number of books behind you. You've got the podcast that you run. What is it that keeps that flame lit and makes you think, I'm, I'm just going to keep pushing until this happens? 
Um, in terms of things like the podcast, um, I feel like it's just like normal conversations the two of us would be having anyway. So we just decided to kind of sit down and record it and sort of have that conversation with other people who enjoy the same stuff we do. And I think part of that is also true of um, our writing journey. Ding, 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 take a shot every time someone says journey. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, That's like my least favorite word when it comes to writing podcasts. Uh, And I say it all the time. Anyway, so uh, the whole writing journey thing, it was... um, uh, a couple of years ago, we started going to to conferences as we were kind of getting serious about the the, the writing game and kind of figuring out the, the creative and business side. And um, when we started going to conferences and meeting people in person, um, we were really, uh, in, I don't know what the word is, uh, enchanted and beguiled by the really remarkable community of writers. Um, that's available out there. Um, we've made so many friends over the years. Um, and it's just like, I can't imagine doing anything else, frankly. I get very into telling the story that I'm trying to put on the page. I mean, beyond the community of amazing people we yeah. now know, constructing the story, figuring it out, working with him to figure it out, even when we're not co-writing, I can come to him and say, I've got this thing that I kind of want to do you know, this with. And he'll be like, well, what about that? Or what about, mm-hmm. think about doing this for the plot or this for the characters. And building the characters and then sitting down and like figuring it out. No matter how much I plot, I, I, I'm a mild plotter. There's still all that discovery in the middle. Sometimes the discovery makes me go awry, but you know, I try to get the right things on the page. <laughs> and it's just... It's, it's a choose-your-own-adventure. I mean, it really is. And it's, so it's, it's fun to do that. And I'm trying to keep the fun blended together with a deadline that keeps me moving you know, forward in publishing. Mm. And you mentioned there a little bit as well that you have co-written. One thing that I, I'd love to pick apart is tell me a little bit about your collaboration journey and, and how that worked for you guys. Because obviously you, you have a book out, The Hockey Player's Heart. Tell us about how that experience was because I can imagine that a lot of people listening to this either you know, are wanting their partners to become much more involved in their writing journey, or at least to understand it. I know that I've mentioned on a few previous podcasts that I've I've never had a partner myself that's really shown that active interest in writing. So what was it like actually diving into that arena and you guys working on a book together? (laughs) Do you want to tell this one or shall shall I I've got two very different expressions from your faces. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Don't, well, when it comes to involving your loved ones in your author or business, don't assume that they're automatically going to have either the same passion or the same understanding that you have of your particular situation and where you are in your author journey. But um, <laughs> when, it, when, it came to, when it came to the two of us sitting down to write a book, um, it went really, really well. We were very happy with the the process, um, that book that you just mentioned, The Hockey Player's Heart, uh, we sat down and had a lot of fun kind of working out the story beats and the outline. Uh, Jeff went ahead and tackled the first draft. Um, I went over it and did um, a good part of the editorial process when we handed it into our publisher. And uh, at the end of the day, we were really happy with the end result. 
and uh, so far, knock on wood, um, people have enjoyed that book as well. And when we sold that first book, it was part of a proposed trilogy. So once we were finished with The Hockey Player's Heart, we got to work on the second book. And all of the troubles we managed to bypass with that first book, um, we kind of hit every single one of them oh, uh, man. doing the second one. For, for some reason, that's just how it worked out. Um, like I said, just because we're a happily married couple doesn't mean that we're necessarily on the same page when it comes to story or creativity. And at the end of the day, we both unfortunately approached that book from um, completely different places. And the end result was a bit of a mess. Uh, and unfortunately, it was just, that's going to end up being um, a, a trunk novel, I think, for a long, long time. Yeah. Would you would you be happy to elaborate on that slightly? What were the particular pitfalls? I mean, obviously, you don't have to say if it's a I don't, I don't if it's a sensitive subject or anything. But oh no, we've we made peace with this, and I can't even say that we fought about it. I mean, it was really like, hmm, yeah, this 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 went awry, and <laughs> yeah. let's from it. Yeah. Um, and I think one of the the key thing that went wrong goes back to that discovery that I talked about. Right, we had our plot points. We had the same kind of plot points that we had when we wrote Hockey Player's Heart. But my discovery in writing the first draft to get from point A to point B in each scene drifted from what he had in his mind. Had he written the first draft, it would have gone somewhere else. So, you know, where the straight line was in the post-it notes that dictated the plot, <laughs> I went tilted that the off that can send you to mars instead of saturn you know yeah <laughs> so we ended up in completely different places and with the deadline that was on that book it was we couldn't fix it our editor couldn't really figure out how to fix it and we're like you know what we can't do this and i would like to co-write again sometime because when we work well together it turns out like hockey players heart did but we'll have to modify our process a little bit before we can give it another go. Yeah. Must be really interesting to have those two different perspectives from that, that series in which one, like you say, went absolutely swimmingly, smoothly, whatever you want to call it. And then the other one did hit those roadblocks. Must be a, it'll be an interesting experience to see how, how you tackle going into that, that next collaboration. Is that something that you guys are, are talking about or is that just completely tabled for now until, until later? Um, well, from the various um, world events that have been going on in, in 2020, we've been kind of um, light on our feet when it comes to sort of planning um, the publishing that we're going to be doing in the next couple <laughs> of months. Uh, so whether it, that we ever like come back to that particular book or yeah. decide to co-write again, that's probably um, a year or more oh, in yeah. the future. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. all, all that I've got projected at the moment i'm working on a christmas novel which current listeners to big gay author podcast know we've been we've been breaking down gwen hayes's romance in the beat which elaborates plot structure for romance authors to an extraordinary degree so we've been breaking that down and then talking about the book that i'm plotting for as a christmas book to release this year uh so that's going to happen and i've got some re-releases that i'm working on um that'll kind of get me through the rest of this year trying to put my backlist back together again. So 
it's at least 2021, I think, before more than my Christmas novel gets out. And he's certainly influencing the plot of the Christmas novel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it won't be a co-write. The one thing that we, we have turned out is a small piece that's gone into an anthology that's coming out uh, in July. It's called the Heart to Heart Anthology. It's volume four of this book, uh, which is a collection of romance authors who get together and support charity. And they approached us to join this for their fourth volume because there's a podcast at the center of it. So we created the podcast character and Amazing. wrote that story, which opened, which kind of bookends the volume. His stories, that story starts at the front and finishes in the back with these other, I think it's 16 stories in the middle. Wow. So, Sounds like a lot of fun. Just uh, before we move on from the collaboration, just because you know me, I'm, I'm interested in all this kind of stuff. How how well, did you the collaboration book coming out? Too, so. <laughs> how how have you dealt with um, any sort of residual readers waiting for that next book? Have there been any sort of complications there with people asking where it is, or or has it been kind of <laughs> it it surfaces? And we're honest. We're yeah. like, you know what? That's while we planned it, and because as we were promoting that, we were talking about that. You know, Dimitri was getting the next book. Um, and even to this day, people read it and go, you know, I think Dimitri would make a really good second book. I'm like, mm-hmm, he sure would. <laughs> Maybe someday. <laughs> Some point, just not yet. How, uh, so talk to me a little bit about your, your podcast as well, because, um, I mean, you guys were nice enough to shout about uh, the Next Level Authors podcast with myself and Sasha, and you guys are really sort of open and, and friendly with sharing other people that you've been listening to, and I think that's a fantastic thing to have in the community. You, you seem to just to completely indulge yourself in everything that is all um, story and the stuff that you love. How, how did the podcast come into being and what does that serve in terms of what you're trying to achieve with your writing? Well, the Big Gay Fiction podcast is coming up on its 250th episode and Congrats. we'll celebrate five years in November. Uh, and it really started because we love that genre. And while there were plenty of blogs out there reviewing the books and hosting the authors for, you know, prom- promotional stuff. There wasn't a podcast in that niche. There were romance podcasts out there, but nothing in that niche. So we're like, let's start a podcast <laughs> as one does. Um, and just really kind of bootstrapped it up. It's morphed over time. I think when we started it, it was going to kind of serve readers and authors. And that was kind of in our initial, uh, you know, mission statement for the show. Like we had Joanna Penn on and like somewhere in the, in the forties of that podcast. Uh, but over, over that first year, it was like, this should really be more reader centric and talk about books and have authors on talking about those books and become that kind of show, which is really tremendous because it's so great for us to talk about, to talk books with other authors. It's fun and all, and, and the listeners seem to enjoy it. For us, it's also kind of a marketing tool mm-hmm. because if you like the books we're talking about, you might like ours too. <laughs> so, you know, we certainly, you know, drop in as advertisements, our books into the show. So there's always some idea of, you know, go, go read this book by us because uh, you might like that. Um, and it's, it's been an amazing, you know, almost five years now. And what are the challenges with running a podcast like that for five years? Do you ever hit sort of blocks where you're wondering where the next is going to come from? Or have you now accrued this sort of community of people that are ready to come on and just speak to you? Um, The few times that Jeff and I have talked in public about 
you know, starting a podcast or, or what to think about when you do so, um, we always focus on the question of what is your why? What is your, your main purpose or your main goal for your show? And over the years, um, like Jeff said, uh, exploring the genre we love has primarily been our why. Um, so that's never really been into question. I mean, there have been some rough patches where we kind of question our uh, ability to keep things going the way they are, or we feel like things are getting stale and we want to come up with new ways to keep it fresh. Um, uh, when you have something going on every single week for five years, um, there's uh, eventually going to be a, a few growing pains, but you kind of just work through that and figure out what's going to keep you interested as well as, you know, keep delivering for your audience. Mm. Yeah. Uh, there was certainly with the, with everything going on in the world, there were, you know, we had our discussions of is the podcast relevant in this time? And yeah. we decided we'll keep going and, that seems to have been the right choice for us and even for the listeners too, because they seem to, I think we've been called bubbly recently. <laughs> <laughs> Some listeners, mm. which is not a bad thing because I think you need bubbly and you need that distraction with everything going on because it can't be all, all fire all the time. Mm. Yeah. I think we all went through that when, uh, when COVID first hit and everything sort of got unsettled and everything. I think a lot of people were saying, is this, should I be focusing other things elsewhere? Is this going to be needed? But ultimately I think the entertainment that, that any podcast provides and sort of the relief to the, to the listener, I think is, was worth sticking through to. I'm not, I'm actually not sure of many people, if any that I'm aware of that did end up taking that break and stopping. I think most people did power through in the end. Mm -hmm. I think so. Yeah. If you're looking for the next best thing to invest in, try investing in your long-term health with forward forward is intelligent medicine with a personal touch. Their doctors are dedicated to catching top killers like cancer and heart disease early, which could save you tens of thousands of dollars in the long run. So invest in a doctor that's invested in you. Visit GoForward.com to learn more about how Forward can help you manage your long-term health risks for one flat monthly fee. That's GoForward.com. Talk to me a little bit about um, writing romance and obviously specifically writing gay romance, because I'll be honest, I'm a complete... I, I know nothing about the romance genre at all. All I know from what I hear on, on the grapevine is that it's a very voracious reader base. But again, that, that could just be, you know, the, the, the thought pattern that just gets spread by people not in the know. What does it mean to write, to write gay fiction, gay romance fiction? Well, that's a big question. <laughs> um, what does it mean? Um, I'm not, I'm not sure. I mean, uh, as to the question of why we do the podcast, I think it's up to each individual author why they write in whatever specific genre they choose. And for, um, I'll speak for myself, um, I think the, the gay romance genre is something not only that I love reading, but I love writing because it's, it gives a, a happily ever after to people who have not traditionally found that, uh, especially in, in fiction or stories from the past. Um, I personally really like um, non-angsty, very light and fun contemporary romances. 
Um, there are other writers who swing the complete opposite direction and they want the two heroes to go through hell in order <laughs> to find their happily ever after. And what's really wonderful about the romance genre is that there are room for all of those people and all of those stories. It's such a, a enormous umbrella category of fiction um, that there is a, there's a home for everybody and uh, a book for every reader taste which I think is kind of remarkable. Um, I, I think that happens uh, to a certain degree in, in other genres. Um, there are certainly different flavors of sci-fi. And um, Dan, of course, you can speak to the different flavors of horror that are available <laughs> out there. Um, but I think romance is pretty uh, special in that it is so large and so open to so many different people and experiences. What would you say to someone who might be listening to this podcast and is thinking about getting into the genre, um, but isn't sure about the best way to approach putting their stamp into it? What, what would you say to that, to that writer? Pay attention to reader expectations. Romance is not a place where you can decide to reinvent the wheel. There are, there are authors out there, especially new ones, who are like, I'm going to write this kind of love story, quote unquote that may not fit the beats the right way. And especially getting to that happily ever after. You may write a great love story, but if they don't have that happily ever after bow on the end, it's not a romance. And that's you know agnostic of if it's a gay romance, a straight romance, whatever. If it doesn't have that HEA or at least a happy for now, the readers are gonna go, that's not a romance. That's not what I signed up for. Uh, and that's one of the reasons like we're breaking down that romance in the beat book on our show, because that is the roadmap to make a romance. And you can leave some of those middle beats out, but you at least need to understand the, that roadmap because it's what readers will expect. They'll look for that. Here's this turn, here's that turn, here's the midpoint, here's the breakup, boom. And if it's not there, you need to understand what you're leaving out and how that may impact that reader experience. Mm. What are some of the best ways to build a following or to embrace yourself in the community in, in the romance genre? <laughs> That's another big, wide-ranging question. <laughs> I mean, there's not, a better like them out there. there's not a better community around, especially gay romance. We, we've ventured a little bit into the broader romance community, and there are also some extraordinary people uh, in that community. But looking at gay romance... Never has there been, in my view, a more welcoming and open and community willing to help. Uh, one of the, the most successful authors in our genre uh, actually put on an author education event uh, this year. Unfortunately, it, was, it ended up online because it was right in the middle of COVID. But, I mean, she took time away. It, it, it easily cost her a book. And in my view, maybe two by the time she had to pivot around all the COVID stuff, mm. but took the time to gather the people and build the programming and do this to help other authors, you know, find that next level to borrow the name of your show <laughs> in their, in their writing, in their marketing, in their, you know, overall interaction with their readers. And, you know, you get, take the leap to ask for help. But, you know, maybe a little hat in hand, you know, don't just be like, ah, read my book, help me. But, you know, there's help out there. And, you know, if you just ask politely, 
you're going to find a ton of people who will, you know, come and ask, answer your question and then just pay it forward. When you get the knowledge, you know, start paying it forward to other people and being out there to help other people. Cause it's, it is a big helpful community. Um, I'd say 99.9% of the time there's drama for sure. But <laughs> there's drama in any genre. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and if you're an author looking for um, a reader community uh, on the flip side, um, if, yeah. if you're looking for readers to uh, talk with or, or share with, um, as with any genre, it pays to know where those readers are hanging out. And for every genre, that's a little bit different whether it's on specific forums or certain um, social media platforms. Uh, a lot of the romance community is on Instagram. Uh, a lot of Interesting. Um, re reader groups are on Facebook still um, after all this time. Um, so kind of knowing and understanding your genre. I think it's not a particularly smart idea to, to look at some of the uh, statistics and go, well, romance writers, they're making all the money. I'm going to write one of those. Um, that's a particularly stupid idea, uh, especially <laughs> if you don't understand the genre or have never read the genre. And that advice, of course, goes for, for whatever you, you're choosing to write. Uh, knowing and understanding it, uh, and, and as Jeff said earlier, reader expectations, knowing what those are, um, that's always a good starting point. Yeah, I've seen a few a few author friends of mine who have tried to get into the the romance genre and then crash and burned because they were just seeking the money, and obviously that's not why you should get into any genre. So, mm -hmm. um, what does your writing process look like? I mean, feel free to talk about obviously pre and during COVID. Boy, COVID really it screwed yeah. everyone. <laughs> well, and for us, like it it was a continual layer of just like thing after thing after thing has happened and COVID just kind of piled on top of it. Uh, going back into last fall, we ended up separating from our publisher for reasons we don't need to go into here, but it, sure. it really disrupted huge plans. Like I personally had plans there through 2021 and it all got up in it. And then it, around Christmas last year, uh, Romance Writers of America kind of blew up rather spectacularly so there's another thing that just plopped in there and then we get into the new year and then we're doing covid and you know and so it's just like a string of stuff and i managed to put a book out in the middle of covid which was like crazy but i did it <laughs> um that book took me forever to write because i started it back in the fall and i was working through all the stuff with the publisher and then dealing with the rwa stuff so that book took me easily twice as long to write as it should have. Now I'm hoping as I get into this Christmas book and on video for any, if you're, if this is on video at all, you can see all those post-it notes on the closet door back there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is the, the beginning of the plot outline for the Christmas book. Nice. Um, I'm hoping to really get back into writing like I want to write. So it's doing that plotting. Uh, I just did Jay Thorne's uh, supercharger scene challenge yes and that was kind of revolutionary for me how he laid out scene so i'm really going to be using that as i move those post-it notes into more scene breakdown um, i envision a spreadsheet using the worksheets that he created for that class and really start to 
put together the novel that way. And then I intend to write most, if not all of it, during Camp NaNoWriMo in July. That's my goal. This is going to be probably a 55 to 60,000 word novel. Mm-hmm. So I should be able to get it done during camp. Because so This I've is now your accountability it. message. You have to stick to that now because it's on video. It's on video. It's, on, <laughs> it's in Daniel's podcast. It's in our podcast. Yeah. I'm kind of stuck. <laughs> I'm going to gif it. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to hold you to account. <laughs> Does that mean I'm going to come on next level if I screw it up? And, and, yes, and do a forfeit. Uh, oh, I forget what you call them now when you, when you don't do... Yeah, oh. you and Josh, I have the term for them. You've it's had forfeit. to do one. Yes, forfeit. Forfeit. It's the forfeit. forfeit. I'm going to come yeah. on next level and do the forfeit. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> how about yourself well when it comes to the the recent events um i've i've been struggling with um just kind of where my general headspace is at and i think this is probably a, a problem that a lot of authors have or either are facing right now um when when COVID started getting serious, um, I was listening to a lot of different podcasts and kind of paying attention to what certain authors were saying online. And there were really just two camps of people, either people who were saying, um, great, I have all this free time at home now, I'm going to buckle down. And there were some people who were able to do that. They were cranking out books because they finally had the, the actual time to forge ahead Uh, And then there were other people like me who uh, that really just affected, you know, me emotionally and where my head was at. And it was really kind of hard to commit to doing just about anything. Um, I haven't been writing. Um, I've even been having problems um, reading for fun. Uh, which is a problem when you have a podcast and part of that podcast is (laughs) reviewing books. Yeah. Um, so even that's kind of, uh, messed me up a little bit. And I think I'm slowly starting to kind of find my way back from that. Um, everything that's going on in the world, I'm sort of learning to understand and process that and, you know, my place in that, that kind of a thing. Um, and I think all of us who've been affected in that way are trying to find our own workarounds. Um, what's been going on in the U.S. and other parts of the world during the beginning of 2020 is pretty unprecedented. Um, no one in our lifetime has ever really experienced anything like this. So we're all just kind of winging it and trying to figure it out as we go. So whether you are one of those uh, crazy, amazing, productive people or you're still kind of struggling and trying to figure it out, that's okay because I think that's you know, where you need to be right now. Mm. So. Absolutely. And I think that I probably sit between those camps because I'll have a few days of stupid productivity and then I just crash and just, yeah. it's really yeah. difficult to try and find the mojo to get back into it. But, but you're right. It, it's one of those things that I think even, even at this point when we're three, four months into all this COVID stuff, I think it's very easy for people to forget that this is weird and that it is still a heavy, a heavy thing that might weigh on you mentally, even when you're trying to just go about your day because at this point, nothing is nothing is normal yet. But hopefully we'll get back to that point at some point. Um, I do have one more main question before we jump into some questions from my patrons. Uh, and that question is, and we can take it sort of one at a time if you want to, why do you write? 
I'll go first. Do you want to, you want to think That's about That's not fair. We ask that question all the time. I should have an answer to this. <laughs> we ask that of our author guests a lot. Um, why do I write? Um, well, like I said, I haven't been writing an awful lot lately, but I think, um, I think it all boils down to me, like I mentioned before. There's just, I'm really fascinated and have a love for storytelling in general, no matter what form that ends up taking. So I think I really like just exploring characters in different situations and what that means as they kind of work through their, their stuff. I just, I really geek out on um, not only writing and craft, but also the business. Um, I'm kind of a weirdo because I like all of that stuff. <laughs> I, uh, everything like associated with writing, I find deeply fascinating. Um, and the proof of that is my, um, my podcast app. It's filled. If there is a writing podcast, I have literally <laughs> listened to every single one and every single episode. Amazing. Um, I just, I just find all of that stuff really fascinating. For me, I think it's become really honed down on wanting to tell stories with LGBTQ characters where the fact that they are LGBTQ is probably the least interesting thing about them. My first book, my first trilogy really dealt with the coming out of some characters. But since then, I don't really deal with that aspect of it. Um, they're out, they're happy, they're proud. There may be side characters who are going through stuff, but my main characters are out and proud and out in the world and I'll even usually pivot the world a little bit to where homophobia isn't really a forefront. If they're struggling with coming out, it's more their thing than they're being bullied or something else. Mm. Uh, so it's a little bit about crafting the world as I want it to be. And I like the idea of those stories perhaps finding their way into the hands of somebody who is maybe not fully comfortable in their skin yet or hasn't seen that kind of character presented that way. Uh, and it really, that's kind of what keeps me driving forward. It's fun to write the story and it's fun to create these characters and whatever they're going through, but to, to hope, you know, to try and hopefully get occasionally just the note that, you know, somebody enjoyed what I gave them and it helped them through something or it gave them a different perspective or offered them a little joy. That's, that's, that's the cool part. Hmm. I am I'm gonna betray my own rules here and add a add an extra question just because one popped into my head and it's incredibly selfish and centers entirely around my own writing. Um so I I've heard a lot of people who come out and basically say that you shouldn't write gay characters unless you are from the gay community, that kind of attitude. If I was to look at writing a gay character within my stories, what are some of the pitfalls that I might come up against or what are some of the red flags that I might hit when trying to write a gay character? Well, here, here, here's the thing. Um, if you think it's important for a character to be gay, uh, for whatever reason, um, I think you should go with it and explore it. And instead of like listing off uh, a whole like, you know, pitfalls or things to think about, um, just make them human. That's all you really need to do. Make sure your character is human. That goes for every single character that you write. Um, so that's the only advice I would say. If you are a, 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 a straight cisgendered person 
who is writing outside of your experience, um, just make sure they're human. And if there's perhaps maybe a, a plot point, um, maybe, uh, for instance, dealing with, you know, certain coming out issues or something like that, um, run it by a beta reader or a sensitivity reader if you want to get a, a different perspective. That's always a possibility. But I think, you know, just understanding that, um, that the character is human and that's what you should probably focus on first. <laughs> you know, yeah. And if you're, if you are dealing with something like a coming out, you could also maybe reach out to people to do research. Uh, in one of my early books, I wanted to feature a trans character, uh, which was partially to pay tribute to someone that I had played hockey with in New York uh, back in the day. And that player, he was very generous of his time because I wanted to get that character right. And it was a teenage character, so I could also use his experience as a social worker working in schools and around those youth to help craft the story. And then he was one of the beta readers too. He didn't read the whole book. He didn't have time, but he paid attention to those scenes where I had done that. Uh, and it gave me the confidence to be able to put that out in the world and know that I did the best job I could with that character and that somebody who lives that existence and lives that life you know, read it and said, yes, that mm. doesn't offend my experience. Could it offend somebody? Absolutely. Any, any character can offend somebody out there for some reason, but I did the work to make it right. Mm. And this, the question you asked, I mean, that crops up in, in our genre all the time because gay romance is primarily written by women. And my favorite, most of my favorite books in the genre are by women authors because they, they, and they get it right, you know? Um, so it's like any character. When you write a murderer, you got to figure that out too. When you write any experience that's not your own, you got to figure that out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, I think we can go down a whole rabbit hole, but like, I've, I've just seen a lot of negativity floating around online. And like I said, that could be a whole separate conversation in itself. It but, does always uh, crop up that mm. there that sometimes and not uh, not for it to anybody's fault, but sometimes it can feel like appropriation. I suppose. Mm. Um, I just like all the happy stories that are out there that are written by these women who write gay romance. Mm. Beautiful. Okay, so into Patreon questions now. So I've got a couple of questions from my patrons over at www.patreon.com forward slash Great Writers Share, and the first one is from Jen Mitchell, who says. Even the smoothest of collaborations will occasionally have a difference of opinion. So I'm curious how you deal with this. Does the fact that you're not just co-authors, but real life couple impact how you work out a writing related difference? Is it harder or easier since you know each other on a deeper level than most co-authors would? I think we hit on this a little bit, but do you have anything to expand on in, in that question? I am the meanest, meanest <laughs> beta reader. I have, true. I have very, very strong opinions about fiction. Uh, and over the years, I have learned to temper my passion uh, and deliver suggestions in a more magnanimous way. <laughs> um, so I think when it comes to uh, uh, any kind of collaboration, whether that's co-writing a book or a marriage, I mean, <laughs> you sort of learn to deal with situations as they arise and kind of learn from your mistakes. Do better next time. 
Yeah, he's. I've got him to temper his delivery uh, over the years. Uh, it was all about tone, because what he was saying wasn't wrong. It was the delivery of the criticism. <laughs> and we've, we've, we've adjusted that over time. Uh, to I, where, And I also take it in better now, I think, too, because I have, over, especially over the last like five years or so, really appreciated the the work that like a developmental editor can do. And like the first time I had a hardcore developmental edit, I felt like I'd been punched. Mm. Like, you know, why did they even take this book in the first place? Cause <laughs> and then as I worked through it, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of really good stuff here that I couldn't see because it is my story. And I know, you know, there's a lot that goes on in your head that never makes the page and the book yeah. got better. So I also embrace that kind of hardcore critique better now as well. Amazing. Sasha Black asks, what is your husband's best and worst working trait? Oh, Lord. <laughs> also trying to do to us at this moment. Well. <laughs> um, Jeff doesn't have any negative working traits. He is, um, I think I'm, I'm trying to come up with the exact word is going to be hard, but I have never meant, I've never met anyone who is so, um, when a task is set before him, um, there's no messing around. Uh, there's no equivocation. There's no procrastination like me. Um, he just sits down and he does it. It's, it's nothing fancy or dramatic. He's just like, oh, I've got something I need to accomplish. I'm just going to do it. Um, which I think is uh, <laughs> remarkable and is not a quality I possess by <laughs> any measure. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're really good at that. <laughs> I can be, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, in general, that is it. Like, I, I've got this stuff to do, and I need to do it, and I'm going to get it done. Mm -hmm. And that just happens. Um, sometimes it's not always that way with writing, because the writing needs a mental space. But, yes. you know, I'm always doing stuff for the author or the podcast business that needs to get done. And if I can't do one task, I can probably flip to another one and get it done. Um, but, I mean, he called it the procrastination. I've learned over the years to except that that is how he works. But it's like, dude, go put your butt in the seat and actually make something. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you're not prepped for the podcast yet? We're supposed to be recording right now. <laughs> it's, just, it's just understanding working cells. It's just a key part of it. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, 25 <laughs> years together now, we understand how this works. So you can kind of navigate that without turning it into a blow up. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So into the quick fire round now, uh, as I mentioned before we start recording, I have tailored it slightly differently. So it is kind of a little spin on the newlyweds game. Uh, basically I've got 10 questions. I'm going to throw at you as quickly as possible. And you basically just got to confess who is the answer to the question out of the pair of you. Are you both ready? Okay. okay. Let's do it. So who complains the most? We're not really complainers at our heart. Neither one of us. Who's the most organized? I think I am. Who's the yeah. TV junkie? Uh, we're pretty equal. Both of us? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the noisiest eater? Jeff. Who's the crier? Jeff. Oh, totally <laughs> me. Who's the last one to fall asleep? Uh, I think you. The last one, yeah, it takes me a while. Because I can go, and I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the joker? I don't think either one of us is particularly funny. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. 
<laughs> Who's the most forgetful? Me. me is. Oh, me. 100% me. Who's the one most likely to sing karaoke? Neither one of us. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the most voracious reader? Oh, man. In a non-COVID time, I would say him. Awesome. Yeah. That's 10 questions. One bonus question is, where can my listeners find out everything about you guys and all that you're working on? Probably the easiest central hub is jeffandwill.com. Beautiful. And I'll put that in the show notes for anyone who wants to access that. And uh, thank you so much, guys, for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure actually getting a chance to talk to you. Thank you so much for having us. It was fun. Thank you. No worries. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Great Writer Share podcast. Next week, I'll be joined by first-time author and co-host of the self-publishing formula, James Blatch. Don't forget you can get early access to every episode of the Great Writer Share podcast and the chance to ask upcoming guests any of your questions just by becoming a patron of the show. All you need to do is visit www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare and support the show for as little as $1 a month. One more time, that's www.patreon.com forward slash greatwritershare. Until next time. ACAST powers some of the world's best podcasts. Here's a show we recommend. Hi, I'm Jackie Johnson, the beauty talk shock jock, and I host Natch Butte, a podcast that explores the self-care space while laughing, yelling, singing, and keeping things cruelty-free. Oh, yeah. I gab with celebs, makeup artists, female indie brand owners, and fellow funny folks about what beauty and self-care mean to them, as well as what's in their bags. Looking good while doing good, we are voting with our wallets, we are buying cruelty-free products, and we are having a goddamn blast laughing with our pals while we do it. That's Natch Butte. This is the Natch Butte Pod! Welcome, baby. Listen to Natch Butte on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. Acast, 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 Acast recommends. recommends.